Let's be giant robots smashing. Somebody um, did an acronym of it on Twitter. Yeah. Giant robots smashing into other giant or whatever it is. that too. Yeah. I would not seen that. It was fun. It was fun to see that. Yeah. Surprise acronyms are fun. Yeah. There's a show called My Brother, My Brother and Me. Their acronym is Mabim Bam, which I really like. That's a good acronym. That's good. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Grisogr? I think they did Grisogr. G-R-S-O-G-R. I had not seen it in acronym form. Hmm. It's, it's good in acronym form. It's a good, solid acronym. Grisgur. Robust. Hello and welcome to the giant robot smashing into other giant Pokemon searching people in the common. No. We're not talking about Pokemon Go. We're going to talk about we Pokemon Go. We are not going to talk about Pokemon Go. A, you ramble about anything you want. So if I want to talk about Pokemon Go, I feel like I've earned it. But also, we're not talking about Pokemon Go. I don't I have anything interesting it's, to say. No, yeah. You talked about making your own airline. Yes, because, because that's uh, original. <laughs> that's we're not going to talk about Pokemon Go. Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Chris. And we're going to be talking about the products that we manage at ThoughtBot. I run an app called FormKeep, which provides form backends for designers and developers. And I, Chris, run Upcase, our subscription learning platform for aspiring web developers. So today, as of right now... <laughs> This is going to be ridiculous. You already, why do you make that face when I start telling you things? Well, just because of the transition of like, no, we're not going to talk about that thing. So here's this thing that yeah, I got. It's What's important. It's about me. I'm, <laughs> I'm 33.24864 years old. Is that why it's important or the thing that is important? <laughs> that's that's the whole, that's that's the the whole, whole thing. That's the whole thing? I have a Chrome extension that shows me my age to like nine decimal points. Mm-hmm. I think it was made by Alex McCaw. Yep time is ticking away kind of awesome yeah every time i pop up a new tab i'm like oh yeah hmm age is typically a thing that i only think about once a year like when i change to a new age yep. but it's going all the time it turns all out all the time and so it's like oh yeah i'm now i'm a quarter through this year of life it also worked out at one point you were giving a lightning talk and you opened a new tab in your browser and it was like 32.998 and i was like ben is this your subtle way of telling us tomorrow is <laughs> your birthday and you're like yeah. actually it's two days from now but yeah Nope. That is uh, that is nice too. It's a nice fringe benefit, but it is. Yeah, time is marching ahead. It is. So why don't we talk about stuff? Let's talk about things and stuff. Let's talk about that new podcast. That new that, podcast. That hit new one that everyone's talking about. Thoughtbot has a new podcast. We just keep collecting them. Gotta catch them all. Nope, not doing it. Mm-mm. Not gonna do it. Uh yeah, we have a new podcast. Uh it's pretty great. Uh, it's the Lila and Brenda show. Uh so over time we've had a bunch of podcasts. Giant Robots is whatever Giant Robots is. I'd say more on the business end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. and then Bike Shed's more on the tech end of the spectrum, and mm-hmm. Lila and Brenda is more, I would say, on the people end of the spectrum. Hmm. So the show is hosted by Lila and Brenda. So Lila is a developer in our San Francisco office, and uh, Brenda is a designer in our New York office. And they are going to be getting together. And so the first episode is the two of them sort of telling their individual stories, introducing the show. And then from there, we already have our second episode, which is with Ellie, another developer from our New York office. Mm. Uh, And the general idea is they're going to talk to people, uh, particularly folks in the designing, developing, making space. So whereas on Giant Robots, historically, we've talked to more uh, managers and CEOs and people, more decision-making and business end of things. This is the people, uh, as they put it, on the front lines doing the work. Uh, and what inspires and what engages and what interests them and how and why they do their work. Awesome. So exciting. It's a new thing that's out there. Everybody should take a listen and uh, 
let them know what you think. Cross promo check. Yes, and we'll uh, have a link in the show notes, but that's lilaandbrenda.fm. So there you go. Love the .fm domains. It's good. It's good. What is that? A, was that a podcast or like was that a place? Is there FM? a place called like Famija? Um, oh, that's a good question. Or, I don't know. I mean, there's .tv as well, and mm-hmm. I think that like .biz is not a place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was asking. I'm not is it, sure. Is it one of those huh. like purpose-driven TLDs or location-based? I don't know. A question for another time. Another time. Another place entirely. Uh, who who should go first? Why don't you go first, Ben? Okay. So, I discovered something, kind of at random, as I was poking through funnels and looking at data and all that. I was just sort of trying to answer the question of like, where are our good customers coming from? Uh, and I was looking at this because we're, we're running an ad on Designer News right now. And I think we're trying also like some Facebook ads and things like that. And so mm-hmm. I became curious, like what's, what's working? And so um, Amplitude lets us segment people by refer. Okay. Uh, and most people, a lot of people have no refer. Um, a lot, a lot of people. That's just how it is. But of the people for whom we know their refer... A lot of prepositions. It turns out I'm kind of running an organic search business. Interesting. Yeah, which is a, a surprise to me. So half of the people in the last month that gave us a credit card yep. came from Google. I feel of like the, this hold on, is... Hold on. Of the people it. that received a submission, 62% came from Google. Hmm. So our most successful segment right now, our most successful acquisition channel is Google searches. And you're saying successful in terms of actually getting in there, giving a credit card and using And system. using it, yeah. yep. I'm sort of surprised that you're surprised. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Why am I surprised? Because this is normal-ish, right? I'm, the specific figures I'm not sure of, but this sounds relatively normal. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of surprising to me that it's not from, well, yeah, maybe not. I mean, I, maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Maybe this is totally totally reasonable and normal. Mm-hmm. I guess the, the thing that surprised me most was that they are the most successful by far. Like, they have the best conversion rate overall to actually paying and even then be and half using. paying, even yeah. using. Well, so and, and it kind of makes sense because if you're like, you have a need, yeah. you Google for the thing. Oh, yes, we are the thing. Okay, I'm going to send this up, sign up now and get this thing done with. Yep. So, like, kind of duh, but it surprised me for some reason. <laughs> Are we going to add another uh, worry bead to your chain of business plans? Wow. I don't know why that was my analogy, but wow. yeah. A worry bead to my is chain this, of is business Is this now plans. part of it? Are you, uh, are you a convert to the Church of Organic Search and SEO? And... Wow, yeah, maybe. It might just be that I'm annoyed that that's true. That might be what it was. Less surprise and more like... So why would that be annoying? I don't you? know. I'm irrational. Okay, but let's talk it through. Uh, am I annoyed? Are you annoyed? And if so, why? And can we fix that? Because this is true whether you, whether you want it to be or not. So Remember when you said that our show is about business and it's actually a therapy session? <laughs> well, everything's about people at the end yeah. of the day. We know that. Um, maybe I'm not annoyed. I, I, guess, I guess it was just, I don't know. It's, hmm. I guess it's all good. It's fine. Like, that's great. It makes total sense when I think about it. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that annoys me the most is that Google won't tell me what the search terms that these people are entering yeah. are. That's a real bummer. Did they do that for privacy reasons? Was that was that the idea? Uh, I believe they did that because they have um, a thing that makes money where you say, I would like these keywords, and you basically have to pay for it. So if you, it if you do AdWords, you can see what they're, they uh, search on? Is so this deal? is where I'm actually, this is getting to the edge of my knowledge, but the two little buckets I have are... 
uh, following Hittail, so Rob Walling's yeah. product, he basically the entire product of Hittail existed on the fact that Google used to give this away. Hmm. And then they're like, oh no, never mind, we're not going to do that anymore. And he found some other ways to get it in there, but basically my understanding is it's more valuable for them to hold this data themselves. Hmm. Um, and then you have to, basically the only way to get access to that is to bid on it and see which works for you. And hmm. no longer can you just be told this, you have to pay to do some experiments to figure it out. That seems, well, okay, that seems yeah. annoying. Like, I would rather pay directly and be like, tell me, like, that data would be worth a lot, actually, to me, if I could buy it directly somehow. Like, would what worth, are the search terms? Damn it. What would you do with that? Uh, write more blog content about those topics. Does Google topics. make money when you do that? Um, <laughs> no, I guess not. Well, uh, no. And so, <laughs> but like, if I could pay them, like, you're saying like that the trade-off is like, okay, if you buy AdWords, then you can, you can get access to that. But like... Well, you just need to buy AdWords. They basically continuously... Uh, limited their offering such that you just have to pay for AdWords. Hmm. They control the internet. They are by far the largest referrer. Like you can look and you might see Bing in there a little bit. Yeah, not really. Maybe a tiny bit, maybe a non-useful amount, but really it's Google at the end of the day. Yep. And Hmm. they have a monopoly and they get to run that however they want. It's unfortunate. Fascinating. Yeah. I actually, so we talked about last time how some of that activation work, we didn't, we did not end up shipping activation changes. Mm Mm-hmm. But I signed up for another service um, the other day, and as part of their thing, they asked me a couple like questions at the end of the, the flow before I got into the app. And I was like, this is exactly what I need to do. They're like, are you primarily, like, are you going to use this for like personal use or professional? Or, like, are you a designer? Are you a developer? Like, the, it mm-hmm. was also a developer tool. Right. And they asked me some questions, and I was like, this would be useful for if I knew it about my customers. Yeah. And so I was thinking maybe like one or two questions, and then maybe even like, if I can see that their referrer was Google, it'd be like, what did you search for to get here? <laughs> uh, yeah, you could do that. I think you would get, I think some people would just answer that. I mean, right now you have difficulty getting people to set up their form though. Do you want to put other stuff in the way? Uh, like you're, yeah. you're talking about the yeah. activation work. <laughs> that's, that's a fair point. It's yeah. So this is historically difficult and unfortunately I think Google's made it more difficult, but mm. I think the way you can do it is, talk to your customers and say, how would you describe the problem that you have? Right, yeah. I've asked people after the fact, like, do you remember what you searched to get here? And mm-hmm. they usually don't. Right. And so that's why I was like, okay, maybe I can just capture it right at the time they found us and then like we're kind of close. Yeah. But it was, yeah, I, I was intrigued to discover this. Indeed. This was, uh, we had our conversation a few weeks back when FormKeep had its little bit of downtime and you were like, oh, I need a thing to monitor. Mm. And you put some words into Google and those words did not take you to, I think Pingdom was the one that we decided was the yep. correct endpoint for you, but yeah. somehow you didn't find it. Yeah. Uh, you're basically in that place where you need to figure out the words your customers use. Totally. Yeah. And it's interesting because it kind of reinforces. Uh, so I tried to, I was looking at or, our organic traffic over time and like we've been doing like blog posts via audience ops, but our organic traffic has not grown. If mm-hmm. it, actually, it's shrunk since like April or hmm. March, April. I'm intrigued so that think, it would shrink. Yeah, I was thinking like, oh, maybe like that stuff is like indirectly paying off through better rankings. Therefore, we're getting these people, and, and it turns out no, it doesn't look like that. So, hmm. or at least the the volume is. Down. I should check the conversions. Like the volume of organic traffic we're getting is down. I wonder if like we're getting more qualified traffic, uh, or sorry, yeah, more qualified amongst the less traffic. But mm-hmm. it was it shined a new kind of light on the product to me. It was like, okay, all this content marketing stuff and having like the right landing pages and all this stuff, that might actually be pretty important. <laughs> if most people are like finding us blind, they're not like, oh, a podcast listener that decided to try it or right. they saw our pull request on middleman or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, those are sort of limited, right? Whereas organic is much bigger. Mm-hmm. It's basically anyone that has this problem 
they're going to do that thing that people do, which is type it into Google. Yeah. And if you can figure out what those magic words are, or there's probably a couple different ver uh, variants of it, mm -hmm. and they might even be different landing pages for you that target that exactly. But right, right now, uh, contact form static site feels like a thing that you want to hit pretty hard. Yep. Whereas yeah. form endpoints designers developers, I'm not sure. People may actually be searching for that, and that may be working for you. But I'm guessing you've really narrowed in on contact form over the past, I'd say, like I don't know, two months. That's been sort of a, a focus that you've gained. And so having that really locked down and lots of that word, the correct ratio. And I don't know, there's a correct ratio to do this, but yeah, there's there's some stuff there. Yeah. So that was interesting. <laughs> I learned a thing this week. All right. This week I learned. Another great thing, I have good news, which is the Hound pricing work has been started-ish. Confetti emoji, <laughs> confetti emoji. Yeah. Uh, so it hasn't quite started exactly, but uh, I know who's going to do it, and we're going to talk about doing it tomorrow, and then he will start doing it. Fun. Yeah, it's Trevor, by the way. All right. Uh, so that's cool. That's taken. That took me a while. I just kept having these false starts, and yep. like our process for booking people on projects has gotten more sophisticated. Right is one word for it uh complicated is another i mean i think it works really well for our consulting organization yes, which exactly. is the 98 percent of what we do and Correct. the 99.5 percent of what makes us money so. yep yeah yeah my my use case is weird which is like mm -hmm. i have this internal product that wants yep. a person to work on it and uh, all these things so yep it's gotten harder for me to book people it feels like and so today, today i was just like i went to matt who's our coo and was like hi please help me book someone and so he did speaking of pricing stuff I had lunch. Um, were we? Oh, right. Yeah, of, hound pricing. I, I thought that was just in your brain. We're always. Speaking I'm always of talking pricing. about pricing stuff. That's all that matters in the world. Yeah. And now SEO, apparently. Yep. Pricing. Welcome. Yeah. I, I really want to now go back over the past like six episodes where it's like, well, maybe you think about marketing. Maybe some SEO. Maybe some. Uh, yeah, but like I haven't seen it make a huge difference. Okay. You know. Um, so uh, I had lunch with. Can I can I name drop this person? I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna not name not drop this person, but I had lunch with someone who, very big deal. No, no, he's not. Like he runs a very successful seven figure SaaS company. Okay, and he offhanded remarks to me. Actually, yeah, I think all your products are too cheap. He's like that. That amount is like nothing for us. Mm -hmm. And I was like, damn. <laughs> so that just data point for you. I yeah. mean, I have selective hearing, and so anytime someone tells me it's too expensive, I ignore it. And then when someone tells me it's too cheap, I fantasize about raising all the prices. Sure. But just a. Well, I mean, Data when point. I when and if I start selling into businesses better, then I agree it is too cheap. But for individuals right now, it becomes complicated, especially because my market is saturated with people who are pricing at the same or lower. Sure. Yep. It's but, complicated. But yeah, but, businesses. But from a business perspective, if he's like he's like we have way more money than time. If I can throw time a money to thing and gain more time, that's great. And like a hundred dollars a month is nothing to us. Right. I was like, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I want all our products to cost a hundred dollars a month. $100 a month. At least. At least $100 a month. And then, yeah, so that was the thing. And I'll just do one more, which is, so FormKeep had downtime previously mm -hmm. over the weekend. We've already referenced that once today. Yeah. And someone on Twitter, I think, must have heard the podcast, I guess, and said, FormKeep had downtime and didn't notify their customers, I can't wait to leave this service as soon as I have time. <laughs> now, yeah, filtering that through the like people are meaner on the internet than they like would be in real life and whatnot yep. and all that and and the emotional side of things, I realize what a noob I am in some yeah. ways because I was like I didn't even think of telling people that we had downtime. 
I'm I'm trying to remember back to when we had that conversation and think about what what was going. Like, did I just assume you were doing it, or did I also have a complete blind spot to it? Yeah, um, I'm not used to running a thing whose uptime impacts other people's businesses. Yeah, like Upcase, it doesn't really matter if it goes down for a little while, right? Right. You'll um, notice it if you do. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. Y- yeah, and like you can download all of Upcase anyway, and so like this mitigation anyway. But yeah. but so yeah, I'm, I'm not used to that, mm-hmm. and I just it just didn't occur to me and that's right. kind of like a pathetic excuse and that's like and so like i'm aware of that yeah but at the same time it's just like wow he's right yep <laughs> it's kind of saying it in, in not the nicest way but like yeah. yeah we definitely should have notified people and so now it's been a little while oh do we notify people now and be like hey like 12 days ago we had some downtime or not i don't know uh yeah that's complicated i mean in life i generally subscribe to the no matter how long it's been it's always worth like the v for vendetta it's never too late to say you're sorry thing Hmm. but in a business context it gets complicated it feels like the right thing to do i think it is i think i would recommend it but it is it's complicated Mm -hmm. i think it's i think I'm, i'm gonna do it but it was it was interesting to me to get that tweet and yeah yeah i was like oh yeah i feel like it's the like don't ascribe to malice what can be explained by incompetence Uh again where he's probably like those jerks are trying to hide it or something or he was just mad maybe or like right and maybe this in this case he didn't assume it was malice he just is mad about the incompetence which would be fair i mean the phrase i can't wait to leave this service has a certain <laughs> i don't know animosity to it but uh yeah it's it's fair to call you out on that i think yeah and but it was it was i mean i'm trying like i feel like i should be professional about it but it also kind of like amuses me that like i'm I didn't think of that. Yeah. It's like, I, wow, I am so bad at this in certain ways. Yeah. Like, there's just so much to know and do correctly and learn and all these things. And like, these are all kinds of, like, there's all kinds of classes of mistakes that I'm going to make right. that are going to, like, other people will look at and be like, are you serious? And this feels like one of them in retrospect. It's, uh, it's interesting. I've been sort of envious of Formkeep and Hound over the past, uh, say, two weeks. I've been extra focused on this. And we've been having some conversations in which I'm like, man, it would just be great to have a business. It just kind of keeps going when you're not there. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like Upcase is a subscription recurring. It's got all those nice from a business model standpoint, but it really is a job. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas uh, Formkeep and Hound, they are products. They kind of do their own thing. And you yep. can come in and invest effort and hopefully improve them and grow them. But you can also just kind of step away and hopefully they'll just keep moving. With the exception that the fact that they're just kind of moving without your effort does, like it is a double-edged sword in this idea of, if it breaks, that actually impacts people pretty heavily yep. in a way that you might have to inform. Like, uh, there's uh, there's pluses and minuses to nearly everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. So, uh, this would be a good chance to practice our make it better skills. Yep. Like, what do you do in response to... Like, I think it's totally fine to make mistakes. And yep. the answer to the question is, you know, what have you, what do you do when you actually make that mistake and realize you've, you have erred? Yep. So, this would be a good opportunity to examine that. So, I'm going to email that, that person and be like, hey... Uh, you're right. We're going <laughs> to do some stuff. Right. And then email the rest of the people and yeah, say yeah. a form keepy thing. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, like we don't have a status page, for example, and we really ought to. <sighs> huh. I guess. And there's statuspage.io or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, Someone that asked after the downtime if we have a status page. And I was like, no, we don't. But you're, we probably should. Yeah. Especially if it's relatively easy to set up. Yeah. We'll see. I think at the very least, just disclosing and saying, hey, this is a thing that happened, and then here's the steps we took yep. uh, to make this future thing less likely. I think that's a, the right thing to do. Right. 
Um, let's see. I've got a couple of things to chat about. Okay. Uh, so the first is sort of a small thing, but it's it's got broad implications. Ooh. Uh, so I had I have the automated follow up if you authenticate on the checkout on the checkout page, but then you do not complete the checkout process. I send you an email. It says, hey, saw that you were starting the process, but you didn't finish. Any questions I could answer? Very personal. It's been reasonably effective. If nothing else, I've had some great conversations from that, but we've also seen reasonably good effectiveness of the actual conversion after the fact. So mm-hmm. it's you know, pulling people back in. Mm-hmm. But I got an email from someone that was, it was very interesting. Uh, they basically sent me the email and said, like, hey, I don't know if you're using Intercom or what for this, but... Um, I definitely subscribed, and I still got this email, so what's going on? Mm. And no uh, no negativity whatsoever. It was basically just informing me, and the fact that they mentioned Intercom implies that they're savvy to the business and automated marketing and things like that that are going on. So I really liked that aspect. I was like, oh, this is a fun, interesting conversation that I'm having with a user that understands what this automated marketing thing is. But also, wait, why is this broken? Mm-hmm. And I did a little uh, digging and we have the subscribed event currently configured via this weird hodgepodge of JavaScript for which there are reasons, which I forget every time. And then I go ask Dan and Dan reminds me there's something about rather capturing user agent or I think it might be UTM params, which helps with attribution. Which source did they come from? And mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of things and reasons that it is this way, mm-hmm. but uh, JavaScript can be blocked by trackers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I sent an email back to the person and was like, hey, any chance you're running a ghostry or a privacy blocker or anything like that? And he was like, oh, yep, definitely doing that. And he took that as like, oh, my bad. I was like, no, 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 this is my bad. This mm-hmm. should not have broken based on that. Uh, so I patched that, that particular spot, but mm-hmm. it does just put into question the whole idea of client-side analytics. Uh, and more and more so over time. Mm-hmm. Like Google Analytics is entirely client side. That's how it. That's how it does its thing. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, a whole subset of our audience. I don't know how big it is, but it's bigger for Upcase's audience. I'm guessing than a normal e-commerce site. Yeah. Just because more tech savvy, more interested in those sort of things. Yep. Uh, but I don't know. Is it 25% of my audience that I can't actually see in session data? Is it? Is it 30? You could pop up a thing that asks them to, to disable their. I could pop it up with, uh, with, with the JavaScript and, and all. And a story of the a thought of the day. <laughs> Here is a gift to you. Also, are you running one of them? Uh, it's been known to cause issues with this site. Yeah. Is that Bloomberg's one? Um, but really what it's telling me is like I just want to move more and more things into server-side analytics. I yeah. like server-side analytics a lot better. I trust them. I guess what I'm really coming away with is anything that I want to trust on the back end, uh, like in my analytics and analysis and all of that needs to be driven by a server-side analytics event, not a client-side one. Yes. I can possibly augment with additional data, but I I almost kind of want to throw it out. This is enough of a, whatever those other benefits are, they're not trustworthy now. Like they're a subset of my audience and are they a subset that matters? Like are all of the 30 people, 30% of people say it's that, that are opting out, that are using a privacy blocker? Is there something else common about them that I need to know? Like, am I not seeing all of the people who are most likely to subscribe? Right. Or uh, yep. I, I might be overthinking it here. Maybe it is a random distribution, but my guess is it's not. And hmm. man, it's a thing. Yeah. I had a moment today where I wanted to like remove all the JavaScript from FormKeep. It's like, oh, segment, reload segment, which then pulls in. I was going to say, didn't you already remove all the JavaScript? I'm talking about like the snippets <laughs> right, of yeah. things. And like we've been trying some paid acquisition stuff. So like we have like a Twitter ads yep. pixel and a Facebook pixel and a mm-hmm. this. And it's just like, I hate all of this. 
I wish it would all go away. And so I actually did find a couple things we could trim. And by the way, I found that I had some like pseudo malware via a Chrome extension. Wait, what? I had, I was like, there was this request that would happen in on all my page views on FormKeep, I thought, that was loading this thing called YieldSquare or like making a post to like some endpoint at yieldsquare.com. Or, and I was like, and it kept taking like 12 seconds and then timing out. And so it was giving me a console error and also kept the Chrome spinner going. And, and that so, was what kind of tipped you off? Like, and I was why like, is this what is still, going on? Yeah. And I kept, I looked at it and I was like, okay, I keep seeing this request that fails to some YieldSquare thing. And then I went and asked Dan uh, and I was like, what's, what are we doing with YieldSquare? I don't see it on segment. It's not in the app. And I started Googling around and it turns out the Chrome gestures extension that I was using had decided to start inserting malware and reporting back at every page that I looked at. Specifically like yeah, malware is a fair term. Yeah. Here. That, that's mal. I did not opt in opt mal into intent. send all my browsing habits to this thing. How much access does the Chrome do the Chrome plugins have? Like see, I have can I, don't, I, get I don't think I've ever installed a plugin that was not like I need to see everything. Like it, I don't think there's like good fine grained control because they all want like it can read, view, edit, access, blah blah blah, all your browsing history, all, all your browsing, browsing history. Which I mean, I certainly don't want that, but I'm thinking cookies. Like, is this a true security giant hole in the wall? I don't think so. Uh, I yeah, assume cookies are separate. Yeah, I mean, I trust that Google mostly does the right thing there. Yeah, but yeah, that was kind of like, oh great, so yeah. I had installed it and then it went away. Yeah, and I was like, you bastards. And it starts off like someone makes a good extension and then it gets popular because like when I installed it, it had like five stars yeah. and it's a good, a good extension. And then the person's like, how do I monetize this? I know I'll insert some scammy yeah. JavaScript here. Or frankly, they got tired of it and someone else was like, oh, I'll buy that off you right. for X, which they're really just buying the audience at yep. that point and an yep. entry point. Yep. So I did a little audit <clears throat> of my extensions as well oh, and yeah. removed a bunch of stuff. And if you go look at the reviews, he actually yanked that from the store. So it might have gotten shut down explicitly, but I didn't get like a notification or anything. So, Huh. Interesting. So yeah, that was so JavaScript. I'm with you. No more. Let's get rid of it all. I don't even want Google Analytics. Who cares? Let's just... I mean, we care. <laughs> Weren't you just saying, oh, I was looking at my analytics and I saw these interesting things about yeah. organic. Yeah, I guess I do. And unfortunately, I, I don't know how to solve this. We're in this really terrible spot where, like, there is utility here. We do need this data, but bad actors have ruined the game for everyone. Mm. And so now, like, I run with a privacy thing, mm -hmm. ad blocker, and mm -hmm. you probably do as well. And a lot of people do, and it makes all of this stuff harder to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and frankly, the internet runs on ads, so I don't... This is way bigger than whatever this show can handle to have this conversation, but we're in a really weird inflection point, I believe. Hmm. For me, it means I'm going to probably double down on server-side analytics and build anything I want to trust exclusively on server-side stuff. I like it. So, yeah. Uh, beyond that, uh, Tyson rotated onto Upcase this week. Unfortunately, he fell ill throughout the middle of the week, but mm. uh, we still had, if nothing else, we had a really great chat to sort of kick off the work. Mm -hmm. So I gave him a bit of context. Where are we? Where have we been? Where do we think we're going? Some of the things that we talked about from last week, which we'll uh, pick up on in a minute as well with some additional details. 
Uh, but then he started asking a number of sort of probing questions. How much are you talking to your customers? Was sort of very, I think maybe the second thing that he asked. Nice. The first one was, how's it going? So, uh, you know, he got there quick. Mm -hmm. And I had better answers than I historically have had, which mm -hmm. was good. But still, like, I don't know. We, we probably could talk more. Yep. Um, so my guess is he'll actually end up doing a bit more of that, just trying to communicate with some users, especially new users, mm -hmm. uh, and see what they're thinking as they come into the app. That said, we're in sort of a weird spot right now. So last week we discussed this loosely, but we have this idea in our mind of moving Upcase to one-time purchases. So we, we talked about that uh, even in the episode. I, I hope it was clear to everyone out there who was listening that it was a new idea, something that we're thinking about and we're very much interested in, but not necessarily locked down on any particular implementation or even whether or not we're going to do it. Yep. But it does make sense in a lot of ways. So we want to make sure work that we're doing now supports that idea and is heading towards that. But uh, at the same time, I think there are ways to do that gradually. And so particularly what we're thinking right now is uh, the weekly iteration. We actually just recorded another batch of them yesterday. So we have a bunch of new ones that'll be going out. But following that, we're going to take a step back and we'll still be sending people new to them weekly iterations every week. But we'll be revising old content, updating, adding show notes, uh, so taking the effort that will still be going into the product, but instead of producing newer novel things, we'll be cleaning up and fixing what we have. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then surfacing new things for people, basically. Yes. Yep. Like, we know you haven't watched this RSpec video. It's good. Here's your this, your weekly iteration yep. for the week is this one. And likely probably hiding some stuff. We'll go back through and find some that are like, you know what? Totally. That was a weird day. That's not representative of the level of quality that we want, but really cleaning that up. So eventually... If we do go to the one-time purchase, then the weekly iteration, we've now kind of cleaned them up and packaged them. And I feel good. They're all basically at the same level. Yeah. And we can, you know, say these 10 go together and you can purchase them as a unit. Uh, similarly, we have a lot of great content throughout the app, but some of it is a little bit out of date. Some of it doesn't have notes or things like that. It's not quite at the same level as more recent content. Mm -hmm. So use that same uh, approach there. Mm -hmm. uh, update some of the older Rails stuff bring it up to date, those sort of things. Uh, so basically just kind of cleaning house, yep. getting everything a little bit better. And that will support either subscription users if we're still in that zone or uh, one-time purchase. Mm -hmm. um, but that's basically the direction that we're heading. So we gave, I gave Tyson that as kind of the framework. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that I talked to him about was the idea of, again, regardless of which of those two we're doing, people still want a little more help in, well, how do I even know which of these to look at? Mm -hmm. And so we're talking, we're kind of bouncing around a few different ideas. Uh, we talked a bunch today as well. So that's still work in progress. But just having that conversation of how do we not over constrain, but give guidance? How do we find the right balance there and say like, are you, do you not know what to pick? Cool. Watch this. But do you want to just go look at everything? There you go. Here's everything. Mm -hmm. So I think there's going to be some great stuff coming out with that. But for now, unfortunately, again, he was... Uh, under the weather this week, so I didn't get to dive in as deeply, but some really good conversations that happened there. Mm -hmm. uh, and the last thing, we're not actually live with it yet, but the next trail is uh, teetering on the edge. And uh, I think we're going to soft launch it to subscribers tomorrow morning. Mm. Uh, so it'll actually be live. People can watch it. And then next week, go into marketing mode, put out the uh, blog posts and tweets and outreach and all of the things so that's exciting. And I think that's a, it's a piece of content that I think we should have had for a long time. What is it? This is the Fundamentals of TDD is the final name that we settled on. We've been referring to it as Intro to TDD, mm -hmm. but uh, Fundamentals feels more representative. Cool. Um, so it's talking about 
what exactly is TDD? Not the like, here's how exactly you do it, but what's even the game? Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the process? What are the benefits? And uh, it does use Ruby and RSpec, but loosely, only as like, we need a tool to do this. Mm. But it's designed in such a way that we're talking about the more fundamental aspects, mm. uh, which would carry over to Minitest or anything in Python or really anywhere you're doing test-driven development. So excited about that. Cool. I'm interested to see, going back a second, um, how people react to the weekly iteration change. Mm-hmm. I think, like, my guess is that, like, new customers will think, will be, like, totally fine with everything. Right. Because it's, it's all new to them. Yeah. You might get some pushback from people that are existing subscribers. Yep. Uh, but uh, it'll be, I'm curious to see what happens. Frankly, there's going to be a very odd timeline, I expect. Because right now, we're talking. It's a certain day. It's July 14th right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when this episode finally goes live, this will be uh, like 10 days later. Mm-hmm. And then stuff will have happened at that point. There's lots of weird, like I'm sure some people are listening and our subscribers, so they might comment. Mm-hmm. And then there's the subscribers that we'll find out when we actually do an announcement to the subscribers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's new people coming after that. So there's a whole bunch of different groups of people that might have differing views on this. And especially like the podcast, I think, is the most troublesome. Like, <laughs> last week, we were just chatting about an idea because this podcast is us chatting about business stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not meant to be a mechanism by which I communicate to the customers. In right. case, it is, frankly, the exact opposite of that. Right. I kind of wish no subscribers would ever listen. If people want to listen to Giant Robots and then become subscribers, thumbs up. But then you have to stop listening to the podcast. Mm. I mean, not really, obviously. But there's an amount that I really value uh, and struggle with working in public. Yeah. With taking half-finished ideas and being comfortable talking about them. Mm-hmm. Looking at our blog, I have precious few posts on the Giant Robots blog because there's something so final about it. And uh, frankly, I think I could do better with that. The weekly iteration actually has sort of forced me to do that. But particularly last week, I was a little bit uncomfortable after we recorded that. I was like, that's, that was a very half-baked thing that we were talking about, and I hope it was clear that that's, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And I think it's super valuable to talk about that, but for me personally as a human, that's a thing I struggle with. Mm-hmm. I'll hopefully try to keep doing that because I do, when I see other folks out there in the world that are willing to put out half-done things and talk about their process, yeah. there's so much value in that. But but yeah, from that standpoint, I hope that there aren't folks out there in Upcase land that are like, wait, are you going to take away our Upcase? No, Upcase will continue to be a thing that we care about and support and put uh, as much love and effort into as possible. It's just a question of exactly what form that will take, and we'll make sure that keeps everybody as happy as possible throughout the process. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It is scary showing half thought through things because they're not defensible yet. And yeah. so if you if someone expects you to defend them as a final decision mm-hmm. that's been considered all the angles have been considered it's not that yep and so yeah i feel like the context is important the context is very important which and yeah and i think that's what we're doing i, I think that's clear to, especially because like as we talked about that idea last week it, it, changed, it changed yeah and so i i think that is going to be i think that will be have been clear to people but we'll see mm-hmm. the episode for that will come out in three days in three days for us <laughs> for us yeah, yeah. uh so yeah, we'll see. I'm interested to see what the feedback is. Yeah. Or, I mean, frankly, I hope it's not much. Mm-hmm. I hope it's people who are like, oh, that's interesting. Hmm. We heard them talk about the work that they're doing, and, and that's that. I, I certainly hope no one is unhappy based on it. That would be a thing that would make me sad, is if hmm. other people were unhappy. And uh, I guess if they felt like we were being careless or frivolous, like, oh, I don't know. What if we try this or this? Hmm. Like, the conversation that we had last week was 
came out of just a few days, but it also was based on months of other discussions that we've had. And frankly, anything that we said in that was going to be rethought and made sure we were confident in before we make any big moves with the actual product. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's definitely something that I would worry about is anyone seeing that. Hmm. Uh, and seeing it as kind of a snapshot, a pinpoint in time of like, oh, well, you guys are just doing whatever. We're thinking a lot more and having a lot more conversations that are not encompassed in this. But mm -hmm. yeah, hope no one gets, ho hope no one is sad or mad. All good thoughts. We'll see. We will. All right. Uh, anything else? I think that'll cover it. All right. That's good. That was, I feel like we were to the point this week. It's like we wrote notes down and then talked about the things in our notes. It's as if we did that. Uh, I do have a question for you, though. What's your question, Ben? Uh, why is the product better for your customers than last week? Uh, weekly iteration. We, we shipped one of those out into the world. Okay. What have you done to acquire more customers? Nothing of uh, merit. What is holding you back? Yeah, this is an interesting one. Um, I think it's, it's largely the same as last week. I'm not fully clear on the future direction or how to implement on that. Yep. Uh, that said, I do have something that feels correct in the short term mm -hmm. but eventually it needs like we can't keep straddling that line we have to choose one direction or the other and then implement hard on that so mm -hmm. um but yeah it would be that okay uh what are you excited about uh, i'm excited to get a trail out into the world and it's a trail that i think the world needs mm -hmm. yeah it's one that i would have loved to have had back in the day and mm. then, uh, hopefully will help some people clarify what is a very sticky and confusing topic for sure MRR? MRR, unfortunately, has slipped a good amount this week, a surprising amount. Uh, I'm not actually sure what to attribute this to, but uh, we're at 33741 which is a drop of $407, which, as dollars, that doesn't sound a lot, but monthly recurring dollars, you know, uh, and that's 1.2%. Okay. It's unfortunate. Really not sure where that went. Okay. Uh, ben, how is your product better for your subscribers? So we had this uh, confusing aspect of it, the UI, which was... A combination of a checkbox and a text field uh, and the checkbox said notify me ben at thoughtbot.com of new submissions and then underneath it it said additionally notify these email addresses of new submissions okay and people would always be like do i need to check this box to make the additional emails active or can i have that like if, if i wanted to just go to other people but not me can i do that it was sort of this confusing uh -huh. thing where like it's one kind of seemed like a toggle for both right but it actually wasn't but that was kind of a secret uh, and so I collapsed them. So it's just like any person you want to be emailed when you get new submissions, enter it here. That does seem simpler. Uh, it's yeah, it's a lot simpler. And we've we've actually gotten a number of support requests about it. So mm. it's, it's one of my favorite things to fix. And I got to run this like pretty hairy set of changes in production. Oh, take the value in this field. Yeah. Append it to the stuff here. Yep. Kill that field. Yep. Yep. And there was a weird thing where like the shove operator like would work if you already had emails, but not if you didn't already have emails. Like if it was an empty collection, for some reason it wasn't adding it to it. Was for, it nil? Uh, it wasn't nil. It was an empty array. So I was like mystified. I'd be like take this empty array, shove Ben at .com, be like, okay, cool. It's Ben at .com, And I would save it. And it'd be like, I didn't need to save anything. Nothing changed. Like it somehow didn't get like marked as dirty or whatever. Oh, rails magic. So like, I basically didn't notice this right away and went through and looped through everyone's form and was like, do all these things. And I was like, why are some of these still wrong? And I was like, oh God, some of them are, oh God. And then, so I just had to start digging myself out of the hole. I mean, I took a backup before this and, you know, mm -hmm. was trying to be very Were careful, you running that in production or do you? Oh yeah. Did you run that? You didn't run locally? I did it in, I did it in the console. I was playing fast and loose. In the production console? Yeah. Can't you just locally? Uh, yeah, that probably would have been better. That's what I do for... Well, so we have staging 
or I'll also just pull stuff local. And uh, with parody, you can just have it. No, local. I did do it on staging. That's right. I did it on okay. staging first, but I didn't notice that issue of gotcha. some of those didn't work. Yeah, I didn't have like a good enough, you know, check some kind of thing. Yep. So again, just being bad at stuff. <laughs> but I think I think I got it right in the end. It just took me like a, a bunch of tries and some like head scratching. Cool. So that's what's, um, that's what the product's better. What'd you do to get more subscribers? I mean, I guess the clearest thing is digging into where the subscribers are coming from mm-hmm. now. Uh, I feel like I have a brand new window on life. Yeah. I, there's a certain amount that I feel like these questions bias towards action, which is both good, but also occasionally you just need to think. Uh, yeah. And like, so your answer today is, well, I did some research and I think I understand better. And yep. I think that's a good answer. And I think some weeks that has to be the answer. I think some weeks that's a good answer, but on average, it should be action. I think I agree. Yeah. I like having them as like, what did you do? Yeah. And yeah. So. so what are you going to do about that? I don't know. I guess I need to talk to someone that knows more about AdWords and showing me keywords and things like that, mm-hmm. because I would love to know what people are searching for. And I agree with you with like contact form, static site kind of thing is like cl- a pretty clear, good first guess. Yeah. And like, I don't think we have any like substantial content around that or even like a landing page on FormKeep that like handles that specific instance. Right. Like we like formkeep.com slash contact form for middleman, contact form for Jekyll, contact for like we do have some of that stuff, but yep. it could be a lot better. That's kind of on the acquisition side. And now, so I was planning on spending more time on the activation side, but that's paused now. So maybe I will spend, spend some time on that. Yeah, you're going to have that kind of ebb and flow as Tyson bounces between projects that yes. maybe it's activation two weeks. The Tyson tie. And then uh, acquisition two weeks for you. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, what's blocking you? Uh, I don't know what's blocking me, but it, I don't feel like I'm at peak productivity right now. Okay. I'm not totally sure what the root causes are. I know some of the symptoms, or I know some, I know, I know some of the causes, I think. Um, but I have not felt like I'm like really... I haven't been like pleased with the amount of things that I feel like we're accomplishing. And so I need to dig into that or pay more attention or fix things or something. If I can take a stab, please, if I can be so bold. Yeah. You're saying that your focus is activation, but largely that work is tied to Tyson and Mm -hmm. having Tyson around and now Tyson's off the project. Yep. So you're kind of between things. And do you know what the most important thing for you to be doing while Tyson is not on the project? So that's my guess yeah. as to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, again, recommend activation marketing SEO stuff as the right thing to fill that gap. Mm. And I think you can do it in kind of that alternating. When Tyson's around, focus on the activation stuff. But when he's not, focus on some marketing things and try and get some landing pages and SEO and all of that stuff. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of good work to do in that space for you. Yeah, there there is. Yep. Cool. It's also uh, just been a while since I've raised the prices. I think that's part of the problem. <laughs> Uh, what are you excited about? I am still excited about Upcase. The Upcase changes. All right. Uh, I think the weekly iteration shift is really going to be awesome uh, in terms of freeing your mind mm. to dream bigger dreams. Uh, I agree. I think that will be that will be useful. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about people that tell me our products are too cheap. Uh, I'm excited about the Hound changes in particular. I think, like, if it's anything like Formkeep, we saw there's a clear, you know, change in the world mm-hmm. when we moved to tiered pricing. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, we'll see that again. Cool. Yeah. And uh, what about your MRR? Uh, your we are up 3.4% or $310 to 9411 Nice. You're mostly offsetting my losses. I keep liking this. <laughs> Pretty close. Got to fix that. <laughs> well, good, though. That's That's nice that you guys keep growing. 
It is. It's pretty awesome. Man, I want one of those businesses. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's cool. But yeah, I want to keep pouring. It's it's really satisfying to have that happen, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, like for a while, and then it becomes not satisfying and you need more. I mean, there is a plateau out there. For sure. Do you have any sense of where it is? Um, Ohio. Okay. More of a butte. Yeah, it's a it's a large butte. Uh, no, I mean that sincerely because like right now you're growing. That's nice, right? Yeah. Do you expect to continue? And if so, when will that stop? Um, so let's see. In the last 30 days, we signed up 35 customers. So that's about $1,000 in MRR. Right now we're churning out uh, 10% of our MRR at a time. So it may happen soon, actually. So if we're at 94, 11... 10%. Yeah. So like if we, do, if not, if none of those numbers change, we are probably about to even out because we're about to churn out about a thousand dollars of a mm. month of MRR and we're picking up about a thousand. From a psychological standpoint, I found each time this happens, each time we hit a little plateau mm-hmm. uh, or a big plateau or a drop off, it hurts. It hurts when it's a surprise, especially, mm. but like this is a knowable thing it looks like and so if you're within lots of error bars yeah but like to expect linear behavior is gonna let you down in a business like this for sure yep and so now it it looks as though you're actually approaching one and so you're thinking about the right things because it's going to be you got to keep them around longer so activation getting more people increasing the lifetime value the average lifetime value that'll fix this that'll move that plateau up a little higher Mm -hmm. uh give you a little more room to grow or if you focus on the acquisition side and you're bringing more people in the door you're adding more mrr cool that will fix it as well or at least move it yep um but knowing that one of these is coming is interesting and like just being prepared for it and like oh yeah there it is. Winter's coming. I totally. expected it. Totally, I looked yeah. at the almanac and it told me. Yep. I'm realizing some other things that are, are a factor there that I didn't realize, which is like reactivating customers are a different is a different thing. We have like 13 reactivations this month. And there's also expansion, which I haven't thought about. Mm-hmm. Um, and people mostly expand. I haven't seen many people downgrade plans. So it may we may have a little more room than that, yeah. but we will hit a point. If, if all the numbers stay the same, eventually you hit steady state. That's yep. just how it is. It's an unfortunate reality of the math. Yep. So cool. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, right, I asked you. Yeah, I did yeah. your thing. You did my thing. We're we good. Got it. It was good. Cool. Consider all of yourselves podcasted. Casted all the pods. Um, gotta cast them all. Gotta cast them all. That's a, that a Pokemon joke. Don't do I it. I snuck it in, Ben. No. Go Pokemon. Today's show was produced and edited by Tom. 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 Obarski. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm/203. Thanks for listening. Thank you.